I don't want to add stress to anybody. And we, that's our first story. Mm-hmm. It's about stress. So we'll get to that. Now, let me talk to you about pain. Not only can I relieve your stress, I can relieve your pain. Well, I can't. But I can talk to you about Relief Factor. It's 100% drug-free. It's created by doctors. It has four key ingredients. Name those four key ingredients. Uh, oatmeal, raisins, chocolate chips, and, and lollipops. butter. And uh, and what those things do? Do you put those butter are, in it? Those are those cookies. Are, okay. Those are definitely cookies. Anyway, we don't know what the ingredients are, uh, but we do know this. They're all natural, and uh, and they re- relieve the inflammation in your body, and it does relieve pain. 70% of the people who try it go on to order more month after month after month, just like I do. It is Relief Factor. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com, or call 800-500-8384. It's relieffactor.com. Stress release. It's coming. It's coming. In just a minute. Stand by. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. What an hour we have. Hello, America. This is the Glenn Beck Program. And Ben Shapiro is going to be here talking about his new book, uh, The Right Side of History. We talk about that. And I don't want to stress anybody out. But I have the list of the top 20 things that stress millennials out. And I don't want to add to that stress. But I think we should look at this stress because they say now, uh, according to a recent survey, three out of five millennials, 58%, feel life is more stressful right now than ever before. And how right they are when you really get down to it and you look at their list of things that they're stressed out by. My, my gosh, how do they get up in the morning and continue to do it? We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I love those guys. American Financing. One of the best ways to use your tax refund is a down payment for a new home. You're essentially investing your return as uh, as opposed to spending it. And with some help from American Finance, the salary-based mortgage consultants, you're going to have access to custom loans and assistance programs that can get you into a home for much less. So stop renting and become a homeowner in 2019. I will tell you this. Rent was up 5% nationally uh, just in the last few months. It is going to go through the roof if you have an opportunity to rent things and not be a renter that is the ideal situation for the future american financing they employ salary-based mortgage consultants they don't work on commission they work for you and they've been family-owned and operated as a national mortgage banker and been business since 1999 american financing a plus rating with the bbb and over 2500 google reviews these are the people i trust you need a mortgage or refinance it's americanfinancing.net americanfinancing.net you can call them at 800-906-2440 800-906-2440 it's americanfinancing.net no, no, Sarah, we got to stop this music right away. Stop this music. This is too, I don't know. It's it's just too amped up. Do we have anything that reflects the stress and the pain that people are going through? Thank you. 
There's a new study out. And it shows... It shows that three in five millennials say life now is more stressful than ever before. The survey pointed out numerous causes of the frustration for this young segment. They feel that their, their overall stress and the stress level is caused by the accumulation of daily microaggressions. Yes, microaggressions, micro-stressors that are seemingly trivial experiences to some, but now when you put them all together, it's it's a very, very sad, sad tale. Like, well, let me, let me, here, let me give you the, let me give you the list, and I'm going to start at the least stressful, number 20 on the list, because it's, I mean, some would say, Washing the dishes is not really that stressful. No, it's it's not. But when you couple it with number 19 on the top 20 list of stressors for millennials, I think you can see the damage that it can do. Washing the dishes and number 19, choosing what you have to wear. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They have Choosing. to do that by themselves, yeah, too. Yeah, they have to do it by themselves. I mean, first of all, think of the dishes and the water going down a drain. Please what does don't that make do me, to the environment? Don't make me... Don't make me... What, what are those no, little scraps of it, food going down a drain do Don't to even the add that. I'm just focused on washing the dishes. Screw the environment. I'm just... Wow. No, I mean, no, no. That's not a very millennial number, attitude. Number 20, washing dishes. We haven't even gotten to the environment yet. Mm-hmm. So washing the dishes and picking out the clothes. Don't don't add more to their stress. Right, because you have, you know, that beanie hat and the, the that mm-hmm. jacket thing, whatever mm-hmm. that is, and, and they put that on. And right. they, well, there's three or four of them in there. They right. need to select which one. And they also have switch. to worry about job security. But nobody, nobody ever in human history has had to worry about washing the dishes, choosing what to wear, and job security. That's mm. never happened before. Never. Yeah, that's number eighteen. Most people had mm-hmm. ate off dirty dishes and went to work naked. That is how if society has always to work. been. Mm-hmm. If they even went to work. Yep. Uh, number seventeen is school loan payments. Number that, that's that's a good one. Although the, the approach to it is an interesting, it's an interesting solution for millennials, which is you should just give it to me all for free. That that'll solve that stress, right? You know, another thing in this, I mean, well, in my day, we would just say, "Don't take out that student loan." That's <laughs> probably, yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> yes, it is exactly what we said. You know, here's what mm-hmm. I said when I was 18 years old. What college are you going to? Can't afford one. <laughs> that's, that's Well, but that's wrong, Glenn. No, I know That's wrong. Is. Everyone know should is, go cause... to college so that they can spend 95% of their time not doing work. That's a right. guaranteed then, right to all humans. I mean, if you, if you don't go to college, mm-hmm. take it from me. Kids, you're going to live under a bridge. Uh, you're never going to amount to anything. You'll just disappear into the darkness. Anybody who, if you don't go to college, there's no way in America to make it. No way. No, oh, definitely not. No way. Uh, number 16 of the list of millennial stressors is check engine light comes on. Number 15 Wait. is credit card bills. 
Number 14 is phone screen breaking. Oh, that's a huge one. Number number 13 is job interviews. Number 12 is paying the bills. Number 11. Now, we're not in the top 10 yet. Number 11, most stressful thing that millennials have to deal with. They say, and I want to quote, I want to quote, 58% say life is more stressful now than ever before. So number 11 (laughs) is losing and misplacing keys. Number 10, forgetting the phone charger. Mm. Number nine, credit card fraud. Number eight, forgetting passwords. Number seven, most stressful thing in a millennial life, phone battery dying. Every one of these things has already, there's already a technological solution for like all of these. Right? No, 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 you, you are not. Really? I'm just, I mean, you just said. You're adding more stress are, to you these can poor souls. have extra batteries. Oh, they, they're easy. They have cases that right, have batteries yeah, yeah, whatever, in them. Whatever, they whatever, whatever. Detectors that yeah, but is there a solution for number six, slow Wi-Fi? Well, yeah. Number five, <laughs> arriving late to work. Number four, stressor on millennials. Number four, losing phone. Yeah, where's your where's your technology there? They have a lot of don't, solutions don't, don't, for don't, that. Don't, don't, don't. Oh, I find, find my, my iPhone. Yeah, right? yeah, like it's like actually built into the software. Number three, commute and delays in traffic. Number two mm-hmm. stressor is arguing with partner. Mm-hmm. And the number one most stressful thing on millennials: losing wallet or credit card. Wow, that is. How do they? How do they? How do they make it? How do they make it? Seriously, how do they make it with this? It's very difficult. You've... Oh, we're not done, Sarah. Get that music back up. We're not. No, no, no. This is. No, it's crushing. It's, it's crushing. A... It's crushing. Now let me ask you this: There's not like you know mm-hmm. polio in there anywhere. I've noticed. Yeah, there wasn't. There's no polio uh, <laughs> yeah. there. You'll notice there mm-hmm. is also no global warming. You would think if we only had 12 uh, years, mm-hmm. that would be pretty stressful, right? Mm-hmm. So no global warming. Also, I just like to point out: no World War One or World War Two <laughs> or Cold War. Nowhere, nowhere is the fear of being vaporized uh, on this list. Which is interesting, you know. Well, but the keys. I remember the keys. It's hard to find your keys sometimes, right? And right, that is a right, big deal, right? Uh, but but the, I, I would say, if we're looking at if if you're if you're the three out of five that say life is more stressful now than ever before, I, I mean, I would just say uh, amputation without any kind of medication. Uh, that might be. Uh, a life without antibiotics mm-hmm. might be uh, yeah. one. Plowing and growing, plowing your own fields and growing your own food, and then having a drought or rain might be. How about so many plagues they started color coding them? Right. The black plague. Right. Let me right. make sure you know it's. Right. There's a lot of other ones, right. but don't get the black one. Yeah, don't get the black right. one. That's really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, slavery. That was pretty bad. Slavery yeah. was pretty bad. Pretty you know, bad. Being picked up in the middle of the night and just uh, without charges and just thrown into a prison because uh, the government could do it. I'm that very was... surprised I did not hear a uh, incorrect pronoun uh, stressor because uh, that I one too. is that really one. rough. I mean, just let's can we can we weigh these? Uh, slavery, 
Oof. Incorrect pronoun. Ooh. I mean, whoa! I the teeter tottering on the scale back and I forth. I don't know, know which one is. Worse. I don't know which one is worse. That's mm. It's, mm. An ama- it's an amazing testament to how good things are. That maybe that you know, losing my keys to my automobile mm, is a little uh, is, is, is is your bigger stress <laughs> than being scooped up and put into a concentration camp because you're a Jew? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it sure. Might be, yeah, that's, yeah, it might be. Uh, it might be an indication that your life is sweet. Yeah, what is wrong with you? And it also shows they obviously do not care about global warming in real life. It is just no. a. It's a an issue to yep. an end, a means to an end. Uh, well, that's we're gonna it. we'll say global inequality. warming inequality. Inequality. That's that not didn't even stress under- anybody apparently. No. Uh. Uh-uh. No. No. Uh, uh, dead naming didn't really didn't uh, didn't. Put anything out there. How about how about if 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 what is it? Seven out of ten women are raped on campus. That didn't make this. Hmm. Washing the dishes did. <laughs> Great point. Fear of like, being raped on campus didn't. We have a situation that we are told mm-hmm. that women are being raped on college campuses yes. at a rate higher than the Rwandan genocide. Right. Right. And, and I think if you would have asked the twenty somethings in Rwanda right, would, during the yeah. genocide, might have been in the top five. I don't know, genocide. I mean below washing dishes though, right? Oh, of course. Okay, of course. Oh, that's good. You know, my whole family being raped and killed in front of me might have made their top twenty, mm-hmm. you know? But uh being raped on campus. No, uh uh-uh, uh, not there. It's almost as if that statistic isn't near accurate. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost, but, almost. Because it's so amazing. Quite. Like college debt is the thing they worry about in college. Now, if more than half of women are being raped at college campuses, mm-hmm. you'd think mm-hmm. maybe you wouldn't take the debt on to go. Right. Like, why go right. to the place where you're almost definitely right. going to get raped? <laughs> right. What's the point of taking on debt to do that? <laughs> right. And it's almost as Don't if go to college. we all know, right. in reality, mm-hmm. that's not the case. No, that's not it's true, Stu. That's there. not true. It's almost like we all know that yeah. in 12 years, we're not all going to die from global right. warming. It's almost <laughs> it's if what almost, you're saying is By the way, I lost my I lost my Mm. whole family in the Rwandan genocide. It was horrible. Yeah, yeah. Well, I lost my (laughs) iPhone. Okay, where is it? That's that's how bad my life is. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Your your mom and everybody raped in front of you. Whatever. I lost my iPhone, (laughs) and the dishes are starting to stack up. Here's our uh, here's our sponsor this half hour. It's ZipRecruiter. You want to find uh, you want to. F- how do you do a how do you do a serious? Hey, we'll help you find people uh, that will do a great job for you. When you realize when you look at the stressors on millennials mm-hmm. and sh- shows you how Twinkie like they are. I hope I hope ZipRecruiter has options where you can say like uh, there'll be a nice basket for keys when right. people come. Right, the dishes will be washed. Right, nobody is gonna nobody's no, gonna, gonna tell you things. that you didn't do that right. Right, you know we promise everybody wins. Everybody, everybody has a corner office. <laughs> yeah. Everybody has a corner office. It's um, great. But the good thing of a ZipRecruiter is you can actually get people who maybe have uh, an old time view of how hard they should be working. Maybe the new understanding of. Of of stressors, those people are available. They're available. You can find them with ZipRecruiter. Wow, good employees. Huh. 
Yeah, it has powerful mm-hmm. na- matching technology, uh, and it goes out and invites those people that uh, fit your job. And, you know, it says that, you know, this algorithm really learns what you're looking for. And all I'm looking for is someone who will show up, someone who will do the job. <laughs> uh, that's really what I'm looking for. Somebody who somebody will actually go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to hit this one out of the park. Tony Robbins had a great uh, conversation about this. He said um, he said if he said most people do uh, not most people, he said a lot of people do a crappy job. And when you do a crappy job, you get uh, crappy, uh, crappy rewards. He said, now people will do a good job. And what do you expect? If you get do a crappy job and you get crappy results, you do a good job, you get. Should be good results. He said, usually now it's crappy results. He said, you have to do an excellent job, an outstanding job Mm -hmm. to get good results. And you have to go even beyond that to get great results. And I think that's true. I think that's true. You can't just do a good job. You know, how how is he as an employee? Well, he's good. That's going to get you a substandard result. Oh, you know, I don't know. He's he's good. Mm Mm-hmm. No, you have to be that employee that is great. How are they? They're great. I, I'm They're with you, great. though, earlier. I don't, I, I don't know what world Tony Robbins is. I'm, like, happy when people show up. Whether they do the work or not, oh, I'm no, just, no, like, no. happy they're actually there. <laughs> wow. No, I no, I, uh, I agree with they you. They just pulled I'm, up. It's only three hours late. I know. That's when a I, big stressor for millennials. When I want to go in and give them a ribbon, you go to McDonald's and you open up the bag and it's like, it's right. Yeah. It's right. You want to go in and have a celebrate. You want like confetti to be, you know, blown into the store. Hey, bing, 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 bing. We got one right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, ZipRecruiter can help you find those people that uh, you'll feel like you need a confetti gun all day. Uh, ZipRecruiter will help you find the right people. Try it for free at this exclusive web address. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-C-K. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. 10 seconds, station ID. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So you've heard this claim. It was not in the millennial stressors we just covered. Mm-hmm. But you've heard this claim from every presidential candidate running for the Democrats. And so far, it's 64% of the U.S. population is running as a Democratic uh, candidate. That's right. a new stat right. that just came out. Um, but Strangely, Bob- all of them socialist. Yeah, which is a little disturbing. Uh, Bob Franco Rourke, you yeah. f- familiar with this guy? Yeah. Um, he is a uh, he's a, an Irish guy from Texas mm-hmm. uh, who kind of j- wants you to think he's Hispanic. Ah, uh, you mean Beto. Yes. So Beto uh, said the other day, and you've heard this from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez as well, mm-hmm. this is our final chance. The scientists are absolutely unanimous on this. We have no more than 12 years to take incredibly bold action on this climate crisis. Uh-huh. He said that in Iowa. Um, so the AP decided to actually fact check this because this has been an interesting refrain. I mean, Ocasio-Cortez has been saying it like crazy. It's become a Democratic talking point 12 years. Why 12 years? Mm-hmm. Like they always say mm-hmm. it's about a decade in the future is our last chance. Mm-hmm. And you, you're supposed to forget that a decade ago they told us a decade in the future is our last chance. Mm-hmm. So this one is 12 years. Why is it 12 years? 
Well, it's supposedly based on the the UN uh, IPCC, the Interna- Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, and they use 2030 as a benchmark for the Paris Agreement. Okay, remember this Paris Agreement that the U.S. pulled out of. Um, now, first of all, now it's ele- it's 11 years, right? We're already in 2019, right? Um, but they, what is the truth behind this? They actually decided to ask. Uh, the facts, according to the AP, quote, there is no scientific consensus, much less unanimity. Uni- I can never say that word. Unanimity. 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 Whatever that. Yeah. Unanimity. You, yes, yes. That's it. That you, the planet only has 12 years to fix the problem. Glad to clear this up. End quote, says James Skay, co-chairman of the report and professor of sustainable energy at Imperial College London. He told the Associated Press, the panel, quote, did not say we have 12 years left to save the world, end quote. I mean, completely wrong. These guys are out there telling us that there's scientific consensus and almost 100% of scientists are saying it. (laughs) Not near unanimity, but 100% of scientists are saying it. And yet, the people who actually did the report that are very alarmist on the climate, by the way. They're not saying it's not a problem. This is the the climate report people who have been like, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. These are the people that scare Al Gore when when they're talking about the climate. And they say, no, the 12 years thing, we don't know where that came from. We're glad to clear it up. No. Period. I mean... We did not say we have 12 years to save the world, end quote. It can't be any clearer than this. And they still are trotting it out all over the place. It'll be interesting if this finally puts uh, this to rest. I doubt it. No. Because it's got nothing to do with the climate. It's got nothing to do with that. That's why you're stressed out about your keys. You're stressed out about the vehicle you say is killing the climate. You want to drive it more. You tell us. You should be happy that you lost your keys. Yes. You're not killing the earth. Finally. Right. I mean, all of the things. I mean, think of almost every one of the, the stressors has to do with, uh, with some negative effect to the climate. Right. All the technology that's using electricity, the cars that can't find the keys. Even There's the traffic. batteries, even the batteries, the batteries, batteries. Yeah, they're terrible for the environment. Mm-hmm. If these were real worries, wouldn't that be dominating the list of stressors? Yeah, do you remember? You're too young to remember. I remember what it was like when we thought we were going to be vaporized. Okay, mm-hmm. when we thought it was easy for someone in Russia to launch missiles and we would respond. That I remember that fear. Everybody talked about it. You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor. It's Simply Safe. Simply Safe will protect your home with 24/7 no hidden fees or contract security. This is this is really the future. They are the fastest growing home security company in the US, now protecting over 3 million people, and they were started by a young guy who was just trying to help his fan, uh, his friend in rental apartments. Now they are completely changing the entire industry and they're exploding because they respect their comfort, uh, their customers and they have great products. Simply Safe Home Security, an amazing company, an amazing product, an amazing service. You don't find this kind of success story anymore because a lot of times people just have not reinvented uh, the things that, that are useful in your life today. No contracts. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Get a 10% discount right now. Free shipping, free return. Simplysafebeck.com. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks. 
Watch all the shows you know and love. I have the honor to introduce you to one of the best people I know. His name is Mike Rowe. The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. This is a great podcast that gives a unique take on American history. He explores everything from pop culture to politics, athletes to actors, history to Hollywood. It's called The Way I Heard It, and he shares stories for the curious mind with a short attention span. Each episode is 10 minutes or less about a famous person or an event that you know, filled with surprise facts that you likely didn't know start with episode 36 oh brother i mean you want to talk about a family divided by politics this story revolves around another presidential election about making america great again i love the big reveal at the end but i won't spoil it for you you'll love it go to micro.com slash podcast and listen and subscribe to the way i heard it that's m-i-k-e-r-o-w-e dot com slash podcast that's micro.com slash podcast this is the Glenn Beck program. There is a new book out, The Right Side of History, How Reason and Moral Purpose Made the West Great by Ben Shapiro. Ben joins us now. Hi, Ben. We're, we can't hear Ben. How are you? Oh, there you are. Hi, Ben. How are you? Um, hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm, I'm good. Uh, so so uh, The Right Side of History, this really, this book kind of came out of a few conversations that you had with some of the members of the intellectual dark web, did it not? Uh, to a certain extent. I mean, it, it came at the very beginning out of the 2016 election and just the generalized feeling that everybody sort of hated each other. And you looked around, you went, wait a second, everybody is living in the most splendid sort of prosperity in the history of mankind. People are living to record ages. People are living in the freest society where they're allowed to do pretty much anything they want. So long as they don't punch somebody else in the face and yet we are all really pissed at each other. Yeah. And so, I, and so I, I, was, I started to wonder, why is it that everybody seems so unhappy? Why are suicide rates going up? Why are we having this opioid epidemic? Why is everybody so unhappy in what should be the happiest time? Yeah, I just read a, uh, a headline today. I think it was maybe the Wall Street Journal um, about the, um, the greatest job market in a century. That's what they're calling this. The greatest job market in a century. And you wouldn't know that. You'd think we were in the Great Depression. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and not just that. You, you would think that you know, we are in the, the worst racial time in our history. Right. That, that white supremacy on the one side and, and you know, anger on the other side and, and that everybody just hates each other. And you, you would believe that we are divided by class in a way that we've never been divided before, that it's the 1% against the 99%. And none of this happens to be true. We happen to live in the most racially equal time in the history of mankind. If you could be born into any time, this would be the time that you would choose. Mm -hmm. And so the question becomes, why are we so angry? And I think that the real reason is because anger fills something that we are missing. And that is a true sense of what happiness is and what politically we need in order to, to be happy. You know, we've sort of redefined happiness to mean feeling joy at a particular time or whatever our subjective emotions tell us at a particular time. Self-esteem has been mixed up with happiness. But if you look back to the ancients, if you look back to the, the Judeo-Christian system, happiness has nothing to do with any of those things. Happiness has to do with pursuing moral purpose using reason. That, that, that was always the basis of Western civilization. And so I started thinking about maybe the reason that we're so angry at each other is because we've lost what we used to share. We lost what we had in common, which was this common adherence to a set of values that we used to call Western civilized values. 
Yeah, we don't, um, you know, Nietzsche is often misunderstood when he's talking about, you know, God is dead. Everybody's like, oh, he was declaring God is dead and that's a great thing. No, he's actually saying it's a warning. We've just killed God. Congratulations. We've just killed God. Science is reigning. However, God is, he'll be found someplace else. What are we going to replace him with? And, you know, it wasn't too many years later that they found National Socialism and Adolf Hitler replacing God. And that's kind of the same thing now is we've we've we're destroying God and everything. We, we always had Moses and Jesus as our as our archetypes. Well, they're destroyed. Yeah. So who's our archetype now? That's exactly right. I mean, Judeo-Christian values didn't just lay the foundation for our moral system. They also laid the foundation for science. They laid the foundation for the idea that reason matters. Because if you're a scientific materialist, if you're somebody who, who believes that all of humanity, we're basically just wandering balls of meat, firing neurons, wandering through space, then not only is there no morality, but there's also no such thing as reason. Why should we argue with each other? We are just, again, wandering balls of meat, wandering through space. Why not use force? on one another. What exactly do we share at that point? Why not, why not side up with tribes and go to battle with other mm-hmm. tribes? And, and that's what we're, we're beginning to see is this, there's this God-shaped hole in our heart. We're filling it with anger. We feel a sense of meaning and a sense of belonging by getting angry at other groups, whether it's other groups politically or whether it's other groups racially. And it's really ugly and it's, and it's really a problem. This is, this is a fundamental betrayal of what it was that the West built in the first place. The West was built on certain principles. It, it's kind of fascinating, Glenn, when you look at this, this manifesto from the shooter in New Zealand, and nobody should read it because we don't want to give it any sort of play. The one thing that, that is clear is he keeps using the term the West, and he keeps using it to mean white supremacy. And on the left, what you see is people who define the West in much the same way. They'll say Western civilization has to go, and we shouldn't be teaching about it because all it really is is a system of dominance by people who are more powerful. It's a system of, of white hierarchy. That's not what the West is about at all. What made the West unique is the fact that it was about the notion of individual rights, the notion that we are all made in God's image on the one hand, on the religious sense, and the notion that we have to use reason to pursue the best outcomes on the other hand, which is a, which is a Greek notion. And the combination of t- those two notions built America, which I think is, is the greatest exposi- exposition of Western philosophy in the history of mankind, and we're losing that. We're losing that because we've decided that, that God should not and does not exist. And so there is no actual rationale for believing there's a higher morality. We can sort of craft morality however we want. And on the other hand, we believe that reason is no longer useful because you can't understand me. After all, you don't come from the same background that I do. And if you don't come from the same background that I do, then how can we have a common conversation? So what is the role of the university? You address this. What is the role of the university now and how do we how do we get it back to you know diverse thinking and and reason and logic well i mean i think the only way to do that is is for the american people to to actually demand it as always the responsibility lies with us it's certainly no question that universities used to be the place where people studied greek and latin and actually learned the the ancients in the original language and, and understood what were the foundational principles of the civilization and they've become almost the reverse of that. They've been taken over by the critical studies genre, which is devoted specifically to the idea that the West is basically just a hierarchy of power that has to be torn out at its roots. This is something that was done by the Frankfurt School. It was done by post, post-structuralist Marxists in the university system. And it's been seen as a, as a, as a pseudo-sophisticated 
argument against Western civilization. The truth is, of course, that the universities still rest, as, as all of us do in the West, on the, we're, still, we're still working off the fumes of a gas tank that we emptied ourselves. So the, if you think of, of Western civilization as having these values, and that's the gas and the engine, and then we decide which way we want to steer the car, right now the car is empty because we haven't actually refilled that gas. We're just living off the fumes, but we're pretending that we're moving as of our own momentum. So how, how, how much longer do we have on those fumes? I mean, I see, I mean, Ben, you know, you and I were talking a year ago about how bad things are. They are, they are so uh, rapidly changing. We are, we are running towards socialism. We are running towards infanticide. Uh, we're running towards our own destruction now. How much longer do these, does this car run? Yeah, I'm not sure that it runs too much longer absent a real reexamination of, of why exactly America is fantastic. And that starts with the premise that America is fantastic and that the West is fantastic. And that's a, that itself is a controversial proposition. But if you really don't believe the West is fantastic, you should visit another civilization. You should spend some time there because the, the West is a pretty incredible place. And, the, the, and as you say, I, I feel like, you know, we are running out. I feel like those of us who are conservative, we, we need to become better, better representatives of our philosophy. And it can't just be about, we want lower taxes and we want less government intervention. We have to, we have to say, what, what is it in human nature that demands these things? What is it in the system that means that human beings are happier under this? Because the argument that's being made for socialism right now is not in fact an argument for prosperity. It's not that we're all going to be better off and we're all going to be more prosperous. Nobody believes that. You read the Green New Deal and you can see that the folks on the left don't believe that. What they are actually saying is that there's a sense of meaning to be found in some sort of shared quest. It's why they're constantly referring to sort of these wartime ethics that we're, we're in a war. And because we're in a war, therefore, we should all mobilize in warlike fashion. Well, you can mobilize people that way, but you're mobilizing them towards something that's not going to bring them happiness. The truth is that happiness can only be brought by a social fabric resting on a common frame of morality and by the belief that individuals can make a difference in the world, that we have free will and reason to pursue, and that we are bound to our neighbors not by force of government, but by voluntary belief that these people are our brothers and sisters. So uh, de Tocqueville said, I looked for the success of America, and I couldn't find it anywhere until I went into its churches. And there I saw it burning on the pulpits. Uh, it was it was the pulpit. It was the priest and the pastors and the and the rabbis and everybody else that that we're speaking these truths that you're not seeing anymore. You know, we were, we were losing the uh, civil war until about the middle of it. When Abraham Lincoln said, you know what, we got to make this about the end of slavery and we need a day of fast and prayer and humiliation. We needed, we needed a, a, a day of atonement. We didn't lose. I think we only lost one more battle after that day we lost everything before it and only one battle after you say today we have to i mean when when you can't get the senate to say we won't kill babies after they're born when you can't get the senate we have so withdrawn from from god there's just there's no protection left you talk to people and say hey we should probably we should probably turn around and say hey forgive us for everything that we've done and can you just can you help heal us? Nobody nobody's thinking that way. You can't say that in in regular open society. 
No, well, I mean, we, we've become a very secular society. And, and here's the thing. The argument of the book isn't that you have to be a religious person to be a right. good person. I know, you, I know you don't believe that either, Glenn. Right. But what you do have to do is you have to make certain assumptions about human nature that I think are religious in nature. And if you don't make those assumptions, and if you try to rip away the, the undergirding for those assumptions in the, in the religious belief system, you're really hurting everybody else. And, and you see this for, for a lot of folks who live on the coast who, who still have sort of an airsats social fabric created by country clubs or by college or by social groups. And they live very conservative lifestyles. And this is a point that Charles Murray has made. And at the same time, they're ripping on churches. They're suggesting that Judeo-Christian values are bad. Well, what do they think is holding up the value system that maintains the country in the rest of the country outside of L.A. and New York. It really is. It, the, it's not it's not a tenant to Yale, guys. Yeah, it's it's the argument that Ben Franklin made to Thomas Paine. Where he's like, you know, right. you grew up in the system created by these people. You 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 have a liberty because of that. And you're enjoying those fruits that are allowing you to to tear it apart. But you, you, it's it's a suicidal task that you're on. It's the difference between the French Revolution and the American Revolution. Paine, of course, is a huge fan of the French Revolution, and uh, Edmund Burke, of course, is not. And, and Paine's basic argument was that we need to get rid of religion. Religion is what has stood in the way of human progress. And the Burkean argument is, wait a second, it's religion that has stood behind human progress. That doesn't mean that Judeo-Christianity has always been free and wonderful or that it's always been interpreted properly in accordance with freedom. But this value system, the Enlightenment, these, these values that I hold the same that Sam Harris, a militant atheist, holds. Those values didn't come out of nowhere. They didn't spring into being in 1760 for no reason at all in one place, in one time, in one, one segment of history. They sprang into being because there are foundations to that. That was the third story. That was the third story of the philosophy, that the foundations were laid at Athens and they were laid at Sinai. And ignoring all of that and deriding mm-hmm. all of that in favor of, mm-hmm. what, tribalism and subjectivism, it's 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 tearing the country apart. So we need to get back to our roots because the truth is we still do have more in common than we, than we have apart. You know, as, as Lincoln said, we, we still are brothers rather than enemies, but the moment that we lose what made us brothers, then we are enemies. Uh, ben Shapiro from the daily He's got a new book out. It's called the right side of history, how reason and moral purpose made the West great Ben Shapiro. Thanks so much, Ben. Talk to you again. Hey. You bet. All right, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's uh, realestateagentsitrust.com. You know, we've been reading about the exodus of Americans from uh, heavily taxed areas of our country to the states that embrace personal freedom and small government and lower taxes. If you're thinking about voting with your feet, I invite you to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. I caution, leave any politics behind that caused the mess you're currently experiencing. Leave all that stuff behind in your own city or in your uh, your, your uh, last state if you move to a free state. There's a reason you're moving away from that crap, and it's politics. Anyway, real estate agents I trust, we have a great agent where you currently live or where you want to live that will help you sell your home quickly and for top dollar, and then you can get somebody in another state through real estate agents I trust that is going to be the right agent to help you find the right place to live. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Welcome to the uh, program. So glad that you are here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Venezuela and the Cuban doctors who are now in Venezuela going, wow, uh, this kind of sucks. <laughs> <laughs> when you 
when you can't get the Cuban doctors on board, you got a serious issue. Um, we're going to talk about that. Also, um, the movie Breakthrough, if you if you haven't seen the trailer of this, it looks fantastic. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah, uh, I was. I can't remember what movie I was seeing, but they showed the trailer of it, and it looks like one of those movies that has like a good message and it's uplifting and and but it's not religious. Sappy. But it doesn't feel like one of those awful Christiany movies. Yeah. So um, this movie is about a kid that goes out and um, he's he goes and plays on the ice, and he falls through the ice, and I don't remember how long he's under the ice. It's way longer than you should be alive. I know oh yeah, that. yeah, 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 yeah. Like twenty minutes. Yeah, or something. something crazy. Yeah, like something that. crazy. Um, and they don't think he's going to survive. And through a series of miracles, he does. He, the guy, not the actor, the actual kid that fell through the ice is going to be with us today. Oh, once he walks in here, it's a total spoiler alert. Right. You know he made it. Right. Unbelievable. Well, we'll tell him. We'll tell him not to say if he lived or died yeah, that's until good. the end that, of the interview. Keep the right. keep the, you know, the drama so going. So did you live? Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean it has like big, you know, big name actresses and actors in it. Uh, it looks really good. Yeah, it looks really good. Um you know, sometimes we, we've said this before. Sometimes these movies can uh can be terrible. This one's like a big budget release it seems like it doesn't it seems like something completely different um so i'm kind of i'm really interested to see the movie yeah uh, so I, the movie is a breakthrough and uh we have the the actual kid and the the pastor that is also depicted in this really cool they're both going to be uh with us in about a half an hour from now so don't go anywhere great show still to come let's talk a little bit about uh, real estate agents i trust.com if you are looking to move what do you do? You find a real estate agent. How do you do it? Well, you got a friend whose cousin is a friend of a guy who just started his own real estate company. Oh, don't do that. You just open up the phone book. You look at a bus stop and it says, this person, you're in a movie theater. Judy is the best real estate agent around. No, here's an idea. Have somebody actually validate that they are the best. Have somebody go in that has done all of the homework on the best real estate agents and take their recommendation. And that's what we do. We just pair you with the best real estate agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're looking to sell your house or buy a house, it's realestateagentsitrust.com. The Fusion of entertainment and enlightenment this is the glenbeck program you know i i've often thought that the constitution was hanging by a thread um never more than i do right now because the democrats have they have the scissors out and they are they are just chopping the constitution apart uh, earlier this week, we heard that uh, that uh, Colorado has passed the the what was it the 12th or the 17th state uh, that has passed uh, the resolution that says we're gonna we're not going with the uh, electoral college. You know that's that's the reason why we had Abraham Lincoln. But don't worry about that. Those are old tiny things. We don't need that anymore. Now, Cory Booker is talking about changing the Constitution even more. And so is so is Elizabeth Warren. The things that are coming out of the mouths of the Democrats are truly terrifying 
if you respect the Constitution and rule of law. We are on the verge of profound change, and we begin there in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So, uh, let me ask you this, Stu. Mm -hmm. Would it be better if we just kind of laid back like this and just kind of... Didn't do, didn't, didn't have to read all this all every day, and just, mm. just we just kind of lay back, and- relax in the X chair, don't yeah. worry about it anymore. Right. All your troubles drift away. Yeah, mm. this is this uh, take me away, Calgon. This yeah. is much. This is much better. It's an X chair. X chair has S P E Q C. That's style for any office uh, office aesthetic. A price that won't break the bank. Ergonomics and technical innovations that are disrupting the energy uh, or the uh, industry. Quality materials in construction with a 15-year warranty, and the comfort that you have been searching for with the price that's not going to break the bank. I want you to find out uh, all you can about the X chair. I want you to do your own homework. You can order an X chair. It'll be a 30-day money-back guarantee if it isn't as comfortable and as great as I say it is. But I'm telling you, it is as comfortable as any recliner I've ever been in, sincerely. And this is an office chair. It's a great chair. 844-4X-CHAIR. 844-4X-CHAIR. It's xchairbeck.com. Get $100 off right now and a free footrest when you use the promo code BECK at the letter X, chairbeck.com. 844-4X-CHAIR. Uh, Sarah, if we can get the television control room to play some of the uh, the video that was just played in the audio in the four minute buzz. And let, let's start with uh, Elizabeth Warren and what she was talking about on health care. The center is about making sure that every single person in this country gets the coverage they need and that it's at a price that they can afford. We start with our values, we'll get to the right place. So theoretically, though, there could be a, a role for private insurance companies could, under President or there could be a, there could be a temporary role. Mm-hmm. Even Bernie's plan has a runway before it gets there. Um, because, it's a, look, it's a big and complex system, and we've got to make sure that we land this in a way that doesn't do any harm. Everybody has got to stay covered. Mm. So Focahontas is asking for a temporary role for the free market. Now, remember, this is exactly what we told you they would do. Yeah, and this is really far. I mean, this is not just Medicare for all. This is eliminating private insurance. This is something that the Canadian Supreme Court overturned because they didn't have access to private insurance and they famously said access to a waiting list is not access to health care. Um, but that was one of the things people wanted, like, well, let me get my own health care. Then I can't get on the you know, get a waiting list forever. I, let me at least buy my own health care. And it was illegal in Canada. The Canadian Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that. That's what Elizabeth Warren is is arguing for. This was overruled as nuts in Canada in the mid 2000s. And now Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris has said the same thing, and Bernie Sanders is saying the same thing. This is a step beyond what we thought of Medicare for All, which was an option for people to get into Medicare. Now you're forced into it because there's no private options after a runway. So I want to just remind people, and you need to say this to your you need to say this to your friends and neighbors who are are Democrats. Say, 
Look, uh, let's just step back here for a second from all the rhetoric. We told you that Obamacare would not work. Okay. You got Obamacare. You had it. And the Democrats, forget about Donald Trump, the Democrats were saying that we needed to go to a single-payer system, Medicaid or Medicare for all, while, while Barack Obama was still in office. We told you that it wouldn't work, and we went a step further. We told you that the people that were proposing this were socialists, and wanted a single-payer universal health care system without the private uh, insurance, and that they wanted to take over the hospitals just like in England. That's what we're talking about. Now, you can listen to the people who lied to you, who said that they were never for a single-payer health care system, that Obamacare would absolutely work, and that you were going to get money back you were going to get up to $2,000 back. You were going to save that much money. Have you saved money? The answer is no. So why would you continue to listen to the people who gave you this? Instead of listening to the people who said, here's what's going to happen. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And in what world is it rational to give the same people who argued for the program they all admit now is failing. Why would you give them more control now? This is what, eight years later? Their program that they said was going to solve your health care ills, eight years later, they're all standing in front of you telling you it's such a disaster, we now have to go to socialized medicine. You're going to trust them? They're the people that got you into this. They are the people who designed the system currently in effect that you're complaining about. And you want to give them, in less than a decade of rolling out their last big solution, you want to give them control for the next big solution? That's just insanity. When they lied to you. It's not just that they were wrong. Yep. They lied to you. Mm -hmm. They said they were not for these things. Mm -hmm. They said that they were not socialists. And now you can't get any of them to say that they're a capitalist. Mm Mm-hmm. They will all say that they're socialists, but they won't say that they're a capitalist or that the free market has a system other than in transition. That's a problem. They also took an oath to the Constitution of the United States. Now, let me play Cory Booker on what he's talking about doing with the Supreme Court. I think we need to fix the Supreme Court. I think they stole the Supreme Court seat. Can we keep it at nine? Should we keep it at nine? I I think I would like to start exploring a lot of options and we should have a national conversation. Term limits for Supreme Court justices might be one thing. To give every president the ability to choose three. Uh, We have people holding on to those seats in ways that I don't think is necessarily healthy. So I want to figure out... Age limit? Look, I I think term limits might be a better way of saying that. God, Chris Matthews is terrible. Age limit! (laughs) <laughs> it's like, how about using a sentence? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's what's amazing. Bananas! <laughs> Oreo cookies! <laughs> how is this guy on television still? He's I, been on television know. since before there was television. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. So you have Cory Booker. And Cory Booker is saying, well, I think we should explore all options. They're now talking about packing the court should there only be nine 
what's the option here? Packing the court? Because the uh, Congress decided, oh, about 150 years ago, it should be nine. It should be nine. The last time they tried to pack the court, which just means, oh, we're going to have 12. Or we're going to put enough in there so So our our side has control. It's packing the court. (laughs) The last time they tried that was with FDR. And it failed. Now they're coming back to it again. We're repeating all of the policies and all of the ideas that happened during the Great Depression. The thing that made Congress. I want you to think about this. We, we all look at um, or we're taught that FDR was one of the greatest presidents ever. Right. Mm. Well, he's also the president that put the Japanese, an entire race of people in internment camps he also almost single-handedly destroyed the capitalist system if it wasn't for world war ii he would have destroyed us to the point to where we got out of the war and the slogan for the republicans was have you had enough yet because in 1946 they were still still in the same position that they were in in 1933. And by the way, the over, overwhelming answer to the question, have you had enough yet, was yes. That's yes. why they amended the Constitution so that couldn't happen again. Exactly right. So we all remember him because we're taught that he was so great. How could the country pass so quickly a resolution that says that can never happen with a presidency ever again? They were so afraid of totalitarianism that they knew if we don't fix this now, we will go to a totalitarian state. So now what are they doing? They're talking about packing the Supreme Court, which would make it a totalitarian state. They love the power of the executive branch. I didn't like it with Obama. I don't like it with Donald Trump. They love the power of the executive branch. They're now talking about taking away the electoral college The Electoral College makes it a totalitarian country. It was there for a reason. Wait, the Electoral College? Getting rid of it. Get rid of it. Getting rid of it leads to a totalitarian society where the, the big cities and the biggest states control how everyone else lives. I'm sorry. This is a very big country. New York should not tell Texas how to live. Texas should not be able to tell, you know, uh, Wyoming or or Rhode Island how to live. And I think, honestly, the the issue with the national popular vote is a little different than that in some ways, in that it's really just going to be cities telling rural areas where where, I don't even think it's going to be Austin, Texas, telling, you know, uh, some rural area of Texas what to do, because why would you ever campaign in any place other than a city? If you're going for the maximum amount of votes, all they'll do is go to the cities all the time and pass... And the states. Well, yeah, I think states, too, where wherever the largest group of people you're are. You're not going right? to Iowa. No, you'll, no, you're not going to Iowa. No, you, but you're going to go, go to Ohio. Mm-hmm. You'll go to Texas, to the, California, uh, New York, and Florida. And to the cities you'll go to. You'll yeah. pass... Everybody will be um, trying to pass policies that do things for cities. Because that they will be trying to please 
large groups of population yep. rather than rather than going to the entire state and all of their interests. There's no reason to go to the entire state. They're not even states at there that won't point. Be, it, we don't even have states. You won't even if as far look, as the national. You know, we are discussion five or eight uh, seats away here in the House uh, here in Texas in our legislature. We're under ten seats away from losing control to the Democrats. People don't have any idea how much money has been spent here in Texas. They're trying to flip Texas blue. Oh, and how and how bad 2018 really was. I mean, it was uh, it was worse than advertised. When especially when you go to the lower levels. I mean, the Senate was the only thing that was positive, and that was almost exclusively structural. I mean, they, the Republicans had a real structural advantage going into 2018, so they, they were able to pick up a seat or two. But the, the House was a disaster, the, and, and below that, it was really, really bad as well. State houses, I mean, it, it's... You lose Texas, and we've lost the country with the Electoral College. You lose Texas, and no, it's over. Republicans will never win a national... Never I mean, again. You say never. These things do change. I mean, Ronald Reagan won California, right? I mean, these things do change over time. But, I mean, it, it's going to be really freaking hard. I don't know what your path is if you start losing Texas. So now we have this. I want to show you I want to show you another guy, Andrew Yang, and what he is, what he is, uh, his policies are. He's running for president, and he's getting a lot of millennial voters. They're calling him the Ross Perot of this election. Wait to hear some of his policies. First, let me tell you about Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Blinds are energy efficient. They create an extra layer of insulation, uh, insulation which reduces unwanted heat in the summer. Uh, it helps reduce the energy costs. I know uh, if you're in Texas, the blinds are a huge deal. I mean, you save so much yeah. money if you live in a hot climate where the sun is beating down on your house. And you can just... You can, you know, save the money on the air conditioning. You make your house much more energy efficient. And it also looks a lot nicer. Yeah, and in Seattle, you can, you know, you you need blinds to not see the rain and the guy taking a crap in the front yard. <laughs> you get to forget where you are. Yeah, you can close where the you blinds are. and forget where you right, are. Right, right. So there's many reasons mm-hmm. to get blind shade mm-hmm. shutters or drapes. They're celebrating now 23 years at blinds.com. They are the online uh, retailer, the number one online retailer since 1996 when the internet was so slow. They had to get everything right the first time. So they've made it easy, affordable, fast, and you can uh, change the feel of every room in your home. Celebrate their anniversary with savings at blinds.com. Go there right now through the 19th of this this, uh, month, and you'll get up to 45% off, plus an additional 5% off already great site-wide savings with a promo code BECK. It's blinds.com, promo code BECK. Get up to 45% off, plus an additional 5% on top of that, only at blinds.com, promo code BECK. We pause for 10 seconds, station ID. So, um, Andrew Yang, the Ross Perot for millennials. If you look at what he's talking about, he is uh, he is all about tort reform. He's uh, about regulation of artificial intelligence. 
Uh, he supports universal health care, reform of the student loan industry, implementation of a postal banking system. Big universal basic in- income guy, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to know what the postal banking system is. That sounds like a nightmare. Um, he also wants uh, the rich to pay their fair share, and he says the only way to do that is to impose a VAT tax, which is a nightmare. Um, he also, he thinks that we need to have a news and information ombudsman. A, a, don't laugh at this. I'm already this laughing This is at a it. news czar. Just because everybody hates it when Donald Trump says, yeah. maybe we should check and, and the government should fine people. And loosen the libel laws. Well, right. That's, uh, this guy wants a news czar. So the, now pro- this is- the left problem was, was with uh, Trump's proposal is it didn't go far enough. Yeah, so to listen, control the news. listen to this. So this is a news mm. and information ombudsman. An imperial fact checker. You know it's good whenever you have oh. imperial in it. An imperial fact checker who would award media liars heavy fines instead of just Pinocchios. Yeah, Russia just passed a, uh, a, a law just like yeah, this. Yeah, they did. It's really it good. was really good. Basically what they did is if, if, they, if the state said that you said something incorrect about them... Uh, then you get arrested or fined, and uh, you know if you. And they went a little further. They said also if you insult uh, the state, uh, but if you insult the state or say something factually inaccurate, well then you get fined. And that's a great proposal. Well, they went a little farther than that. It wasn't just the state. You had to insult, uh, you know, uh, Vlad, the Impaler, and as long as as long <laughs> so as like you'd be arrested for that. Yeah, for saying a, he was Vlad the Impaler. Yeah, right. I would be. Mm-hmm. I would be. So if you say anything about Putin uh, that he finds unflattering, you're also arrested. Yeah. So, but you, uh, you think that's going to be any different with this proposal when you know the when Andrew Yang is president and someone says, you know, you know what, you know what rhymes with Yang, and they make a joke. What's gonna What's gonna happen? Slang. Yes, slang. Yeah. All right. That's exactly what, what's one thing that rhymes with Yang. I didn't want to say it because I thought I might get arrested. Uh, but yes, Tang. Uh, Keep going. Keep going. To keep going down the alphabet until you get to one you think is funny. Okay. Point being, <laughs> point being here that uh, you know when A- when Andrew Yang is president, bang, he's going to say, "Hey, I don't like what you said. It's factually inaccurate. Your insult about me, therefore, you are arrested or fined. And if it's not Yang, it's the next guy. Fang, mm-hmm. gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of rhymes. Gang. Huh? Mm-hmm. There's a lot." Think of how many jokes you could make with the amount of words that rhyme with Yang. I know. It There's would be, so many. It'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and so, I, I can't think of the bad one. But anyway, he's mm-hmm. also got the American Mall Act because we got to do something with these uh, these malls. And so mm. uh, he's um, he's got well, he wants a Department of Infrastructure. Uh, and it would ha- it would be the legion of builders and destroyers. I'm quoting uh, w- with a commander instead of a secretary. A command. A commander. What? Hmm. I mean, usually people don't like dictator. Wasn't a bad word when people called each other dictators back in the day. That was a good term. Mm-hmm. It became an insult after people started becoming dictators and then killing all their citizens. Right. It became a little bit of an insult, but mm-hmm. back in the day, it was a positive thing. Usually, you don't intentionally name things that are you, you name yourself things that are scary. What a commander of yeah. the Legion of Builders and Destroyers sounds pretty good. Yeah, that sounds great. Sounds strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, uh, he does not. He is not for universal basic income. Okay, 
Stop um, with the lies. I, I believe he is. No, he's not. He is for the Freedom Dividend. Oh, uh, the Freedom Dividend. Yes, the uh, Freedom Dividend. The same people that mocked Freedom Fries as a patriotic gesture in a cafeteria back in the 2000s now want a Freedom Dividend? Yeah, Freedom Dividend. Uh, Everybody gets $1,000 every month. That's your Freedom Dividend. We don't have any money. We're like $22 trillion in We're debt. We're the richest country no in the world. Oh. We, we don't have the money to not do this. <laughs> You're listening to Glenn doesn't make any sense. When are you expecting this to make sense? Oh, okay. All right. Um, if you were going through a mall, you notice a stranger following you into the stores. You know, they're, they're noticing what you browse, what you buy. Eventually, you would say, hey, dude, what is the deal with you? And if they said, oh, no, well, you know, I'm just watching because it's going to make your shopping experience easier. You would never go to that creepy place ever again. Well, that's what's happening right now online. That's why I recommend that you get Norton Secure VPN from the cybersecurity experts, Norton. It's a, it's a virtual private network that protects your online activity, whether you're connected at home or on the Wi-Fi at a coffee shop. Norton Secure VPN. It's totally encrypted. Go there now. Norton.com slash VPN. Prices start at $3.33 a month with annual subscription. It's Norton.com slash VPN. Get this and keep your information secure. Go to BlazeTV.com slash Glenn and use promo code Glenn to save 10 bucks off of your subscription to Blaze TV. You can watch this show, Pat Gray, and so many more. Mary, the child you bear will become the greatest of men. From the network that brought you the Bible. There has been talk about Jesus. They say he's healing the sick. Comes the life of Jesus Christ. His preaching is what concerns me. He's helping people. From those who knew him best. We are his followers. We've seen him do wondrous things. I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus, his life. Monday at 8 on History. Uh, if you were, if you've been out in the movie theaters lately, you might have seen a uh, a, a trailer for a movie that looks really good. I was at, I don't know, Make Your Dragon Mate or whatever it is, uh, and I saw a uh, a trailer for Breakthrough, and it looks really, really good. And about a quarter or halfway through the trailer, you realize, wait a minute, they're going to talk about God in this. And you're like, it can't be because this movie looks really good. <laughs> it's a $30 million movie, uh, and it's about a story that happened about five years ago? Four years ago. Four, four years ago. Uh, and it may not be a story that you you heard, uh, and we'll tell you why here in a minute, because it is an amazing story of John Smith. He was 14 years old when he was walking over an ice-covered lake, uh, and uh, he was with two friends. He broke through the ice. He was, um, they, they all fell through, but he went for 15 minutes before paramedics could even come. He was under the water. He didn't have a heartbeat for 45 minutes. And you know all of the stories on, you know, what happens when you, you're deprived of oxygen and, and everything else. John Smith is here in the studio how are you, John? I'm good. How are you? That's incredible that you can, <laughs> I mean, f- without a pulse for 45 minutes. Yes. Yes. How? Uh, only God. Only God. 
So um, uh, we also have uh, his pastor, Jason Noble, in, and you are portrayed in the movie as well. Now, let I'm, me ask you this. Yeah. In the movie, and only because I've seen another movie like this, and I thought, and they made the pastor look like the guy who was doubting. Yeah. Are you a doubting Thomas in no this? Way. No way. No way. Not at all. I mean, after the first night, after John um, was in the hospital, I walked out to Joyce. We had some incredible miracles happen in the room, and I walked out to Joyce because not only was he without a pulse for an hour, it was over an hour without a pulse. Um, when Joyce walked in the room and prayed, Holy Spirit, bring my son back to life, uh, he came back to life, but the doctor said he was still brain dead. Every organ in catastrophic failure one percent chance he would make it if he made it overnight Mm. they were planning organ transplants i mean so it wasn't just hey i mean we took a group of pastors and we started to pray like crazy and so um i walked out that evening after just a series of miracles we talk about it in the book breakthrough um walked out and said joyce he's walking out of the hospital and one of the most iconic pictures in the story is after all of the prayer and miracles he walks out of the hospital 16 days days later 16 days later completely healed him and I are walking out of the hospital are together. Are there any side effects from this? No. None. None. I was back playing basketball about two, three months later. Yeah. He was totally cleared 40 days wow. after. That's incredible. Do you remember Shut being up. on the ice? Do you remember this actually happening? Yes. You know, I remember, you know, like what the ice kind of breaking. I remember that. And, you know, the screams, you know, fighting, you call 911. I don't want to die. Call 911. And then, you know, the water, you know, the, like the water line, you know, seeing above and below how dirty and brown and green and murky that water was you know it was like getting in a fight with a tiger you know the ice just piercing your skin i still have scars to this day so i do remember a very very good chunk of it we also prayed that he wouldn't remember because it was so traumatic and so that's one thing he talks about when he was because people always ask us did you go to heaven and you know whatever and we had prayed that he wouldn't remember it because it was so traumatic I, like i have the 911 calls on my laptop and I mean, I can barely listen to them. I mean, they're just so intense. And we felt like what God said is it's not about one person experiencing me. It's about every person that comes in contact with this story experiencing me. And so that's why we feel like God did it that way. So you were, were you, how long were you underwater? I was underwater for 15 minutes and without a pulse for additional 45. So a little over an hour without a pulse. And so you're there, and in the movie, at least, the fireman that is responding, yes, he goes underneath the water, and he can't find you. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, he says later in the movie that, uh, you know, he heard a voice say, go back mm-hmm. down one more time. Is that true? Yes. 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 Tell me about him. Tell me about what happened. So his name is Tommy Shine. He's part of the Winsville Fire Department back home in St. Louis, Missouri. And, you know, they, they took, uh, he got the call, and they said when he got the call, he sprinted as soon as the truck stopped. Like, the, stuck, the truck hadn't even stopped, and he was running to, to the scene. And mm-hmm. he gets out in the water, and he has a pike pole, which pike pole is a long pole with a big hook at the end, used to tear drywall down in a fire. And by now, I'd been underwater for, like, three minutes. So it's crucial now. He's timing it. And, I mean, it's do or die. They actually called the dive team in if, if he couldn't have found me because I was laying on a cliff. Um, I was on a rocky bottom that was 10 feet deep. If I would have went a little bit, maybe an inch over, I would have fallen into where it was 20, you know, to 25 feet deep with a muddy bottom. So I'm right on the edge of, you know, this cliff. And so he gets in the water and he's looking for me and he has this pike pole and it's it's do or die. And he hears a voice, you know, and, and real, uh, in, in the movie it says go back, but what he's told us is go two feet to the left. And yeah. he does. You know, he's 
checking he just sticks it down he's like i gotta do something so he sticks it down he's like it could be a tire it could be my boot but he realizes it can't be his boot because it's too deep so he pulls something up he knows it's heavy but he doesn't know what it is and it's me he found me Jeez. right at the last minute i mean literally Incredible. one minute from there they would have sent in divers i mean it was literally within just a moment because they, they were ready to give up you said uh, when you came in that this movie it doesn't even cover half of it. Oh, yeah. This is just, I mean, we, the jo- the thing we talk about is if, if it really told the whole story, it'd probably be longer than, than the Titanic. I mean, mm-hmm. it would be a very long movie. I mean, it was one miracle after another that God just set up. Um, you know, it, it, it was incredible to watch it play out. Incredible. And, you know, I think for me and for what, for our, for our, for John and Joyce and all of us, we just want to encourage people that God still does the impossible and we've seen it play out. And that's a good, uh, good segue to, you had mentioned this off here and I I didn't realize the timing was the same, but this happened in the St. Louis area in the middle of essentially the Michael Brown Ferguson stuff. Yeah. Yes. This is, this is a time where this city is completely torn apart. 100%. We'd only lived there for three months too. I'd only been their pastor for three months. And so we moved from Washington state and walk into this situation in, in St. Louis and we're going like, Oh my goodness. I mean, the place was just, it was crazy. And so to see God just do this for John and, uh, the, it captivated the local media. It captivated the story, just reached out and touched the city. The city came together. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see how through all that chaos that St. Louis was coming together as well behind the scenes as mm-hmm. a team and as a community yep. to pray for me and to stand by me and my family. It's kind of amazing, you know, is the, where in Washington State are you from? Uh, kind of all, I was pastoring in Port Angeles, right outside of Seattle. Okay, yeah. So I grew up in Mount Vernon in Bellingham. Okay. And, uh, and I remember I moved to Phoenix, and I grew up in Pacific Northwest. You, right. You, you don't see the sun. Right. Yeah. like, what is that? <laughs> the sky's on fire. Uh, right. And, uh, and I went down, and I, I remember uh, holding my hand out, and it was like I was stoned, but I was sober. And I was holding the hand out, and I was watching the shadows and how sharp they were. Because, yep. you know, in Seattle, you don't see that. There's no, no. real shadow. And, uh, and I kind of realized as the light grows stronger, you know, the shadows are only growing stronger because the light is growing exactly. stronger at the same time. Darkness. And it's, it, you kind of wonder, uh, you know, which we focus on. We were focused on the darkness. Right. At the same time, same area, this was happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not afraid of the darkness. I think that the darker it is, the lighter we can be. I can't let that pass without going, you will be. <laughs> Straight from Yoda's mouth. <laughs> it really uh, is. Uh, what's it like uh, seeing a movie where people are playing you? Definitely different, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's a little strange at first. But when you get to, we got we got had the opportunity to meet them, and they're just mm-hmm. super super nice people. This cast is just it's a big cast. A great, I yes, mean, big names. Like yes. it's not you know, it's not like a lot. Of, some of these movies you see, but they have positive messages. Like you don't see the big actors yeah. and actresses taking part. This is I mean, the woman from This Is Us is in it. Chrissy uh, Matt, Chrissy Matt. Yeah, I mean, they're. This is, this is Usually, yes, it's just one big name, yeah. and then the rest are minor roles. Stephen but, Curry is an yeah. executive producer. Oh, really? Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. First one that he's done. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah, jeez, this is amazing. So, why did why did this happen to you? There's no real expl- uh, explanation other than um, what God has in store for me. He had a purpose to save me. Um, my goal is to just live it out. You know, I... I get that question a lot. It's portrayed in the film of why am I alive and not others? And truthfully, I don't know. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm just an 18-year-old kid from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. 
but with what I didn't I, mean it that way. Yeah, I, I can yeah. I can see how people mean it, but it it, it I, I would think it would play on you at night. Not why don't you save other people, but what am I going to do now with mm-hmm. my life? I've been given a chance. It could be really uplifting or crippling, depending on how you. Yes, yes it was very hard for me at first to deal with all this because, like you said, it was a lot of a lot of pressure. And I had no idea really how to handle it, but with help from Pastor Jason and uh, Devon Franklin and Pastor Samuel Rodriguez, them guiding me and, you know, helping me, uh, it's just, you know, you remember to stay humble always and, you know, try to answer the questions the best you can, but realize that you don't, you're not perfect and you don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Pastor, I mean, uh, theologically, is, is it okay for him to just sit home and eat Cheetos one night? I mean, doesn't he have to do something important oh, yeah. every minute of every day? Well, <laughs> I mean, he is 18. And so, I mean, I think we all feel very strongly that God's given us this message to share with the world. I mean, we wrote the book. We did a movie. My book just released today where it has all the teaching lessons for people that are walking through breakthrough. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And so it's called Breakthrough to Your Miracle. But the, the thing that I think is so important is uh, one of the things that, that is a key in this is John actually was adopted from Guatemala when he was five months old. So his parents adopted him. And mm-hmm. as he was walking through this struggle after the fact, it was like, man, why didn't my mom want me? And the, the whole adoption piece was a big thing that he walked through two years after the miracle. And so I think we definitely... One of the things we told God in the hospital when this was playing out is we will shout this from the mountaintop. And Joyce would tell you that. Joyce is an incredible woman, mama bear, who, I mean, is just fierce. I mean, when she walks into the room, it just, the the atmosphere changes. And, you know, um, I think that's a big piece. We've all been given, given this to share with the world. I mean, the movie's great. Love it. Love the screen. Love all of that. But the message, I was in a church and spoke, we spoke last weekend in a church of about 2,000 people. And when I gave the the altar response at the end of it, I said, how many of you need a breakthrough in your life? 100% of the congregation stood. Mm -hmm. And that was in the Northeast. I mean, you know, (laughs) the Northeast is a rough place. And so, um, I mean, so just for such a time as this. Um, Were the doctors skeptical of? Not at all. The doctors bona fide miracle. it looks like, again, in the trailer, it looks like the doctor's like, well, I don't oh, know. I mean, I mean if typical- he lives, we should probably shoot him. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's typical doctors, right? I mean, yeah. they're going to give you the worst case scenario. Yeah. Yes. And that's exactly what they did. You know, I mean, they gave him the worst case scenario. I think that's one thing that really plays into breakthrough is that, yes, this was a miracle done by God, but also we have science to back it up. Yes. There's 300 plus pages of medical uh, documents to back up that this is a miracle. They want to say the the cold water helped you. Well, it was too warm. They want to say you know your body froze. Well, my head would have had to go in first. Um, like you said, the doctors doubted, but we had the number one expert in the Midwest or in some. I think the Midwest. Yeah, Midwest. He was the number one medical expert in hypothermia and drowning, and he got on secular TV and claimed that this is a modern day miracle, and he can't even explain it. I've spoken mm. to um, a breakfast with some retired medical field doctors and I told them the story and a lot of them came up to me and said I have been doing this my whole life until I when I graduated high school you did did med school and done the whole wazoo Mm -hmm. all my years and I said I can explain just about every case but yours I have no idea yeah I mean it defies everything we know about the body 100 percent you know especially I mean there's no effect looking at you there's no effect and you say there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that's different. Mm-mm. About six months after this, he had to go to the eye doctor because he was having some trouble with his eyes. And usually if you've died, 
all of your blood vessels and your eyes are the first things to kind of show that sign of. Mm-hmm. And so the ner- the doctor was looking in his eyes and she said, you know, after this episode, and I love what John said, it wasn't an episode. He said, I died and told the doctor that. And she looked in his eyes and said, I, there's no sign. Your blood vessels are completely normal. I mean, so it, it, it's incredible. You're absolutely right. There's no sign. I Unbelievable. mean, Unbelievable. It, it's really cra- it's amazing it's good to meet you it's good to meet you yeah. glad you're alive <laughs> thank you welcome back and the, we, yeah. the great mov- to meet you the movie breakthrough comes out uh april 17th april 17th 2019 the, the books as well uh, they're out now they're out now you can get them on amazon yeah. and what breakthrough is your- and breakthrough to your miracle Breakthrough, so, is that your book that came out today yes breakthrough to your miracle came okay. out today Very great. and so it's just a teaching you know it's all of what we learned so and glenn how long we've been doing the show for a zillion years now i think since the beginning we've asked Hollywood to make movies like stories like this and do them right, mm-hmm. which never it. happens. Mm-hmm. And this is one they're really doing it. This is them taking a big risk, and it's you know it's something we should support. Twentieth Century it. Fox. Yeah, I mean, that's I a mean big it's, deal. it's I couldn't believe it yep. when I saw it. Yep. I was like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. Which you know what that means? It's actually Disney. It'll be Disney yeah. in the next couple of weeks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which they've never done a faith based film. Yeah. Wow. wow. So, All right. It hits theaters April 17th. Guys, thank you so much. God bless. Thank you. Let's All right. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It's uh, Field of Greens. If uh, you hate uh, vegetables uh, like I do, <laughs> I don't want a salad ever, ever. I don't ever want to see. I think salad bars come from Satan himself. Uh, then what you need is Field of Greens. Uh, you can get it now at BrickHouseGlen.com. Promo code Glenn get fifteen percent off your first order. This is real USDA. This is this is not a supplement. This is the real food, and uh, it has all of your servings that you need. Everything that you need that you would get from a daily serving of uh, f- fruits and vegetables, and you just stir it into a glass and you just drink it, and it's done. And then then eat what you want. You don't have to have any salads. <laughs> thank God. Uh, BrickhouseGlenn.com, promo code Glenn. BrickhouseGlenn.com, promo code Glenn. I'm anxious to see this movie. I, I, I really thought after Noah they were gonna they were gonna stop making these movies because they got it so wrong um, that uh, and they had no desire to really do it right. You know, um, and uh, and now here there comes this movie Breakthrough, which looks great, and also unplanned which is coming out next week i believe uh and that is i think that's a game changer for abortion uh it's rated r from the mpaa but the only reason why it's rated r is because they show an abortion on an ultrasound and it is and it's just all cgi it's a black and white image but it is so clearly the death of a child or some cells <laughs> yeah or or, or something, or a, a choice, mm-hmm. or a choice. It's a, it's a death of a choice. Right, that's what it is. Uh, congratulations to those who are keep pushing You're in Hollywood. To Glenn Beck. I want to tell you about a new movie that's coming out. It's called Best of Enemies. Um, you know, it's we, we have been through worse times than this. And this movie is the true untold story of a civil rights activist, Ann Atwater, and C.P. Ellis. He was a local segregationist, but I I will tell you, that kind of puts him in a better light than what he really was. He was the exalted Cyclops of the Ku Klux Klan, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, they were asked to co-chair a steering committee, imagine this, to, to address desegregation. Well... 
in this process, he had a change of heart. It's in theaters April 5th. It's the best of enemies. It has a couple of Academy Award winners, including Sam Rockwell, who I think is amazing. You can find more information out at thebestofenemies.com movie. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Wow. The polar ice cap is melting. In fact, it's melted faster than anybody thought. It, it melted to 2050 levels. And that's why all the polar bears are dead. All of them. Dead. Dead. Well, well, actually, the number has quadrupled. Well, um, yeah, but they're, the other ones are dead. The ones that were alive in the 60s are all dead. Right. No well, one talks about them. Right. Okay. We have a guest. She's a zoologist. She's the author of The Polar Bear Catastrophe That Never Happened. She's one of the people that actually counts the bears and can tell us exactly what's happening with polar bears and why they're actually not suffering because of catastrophic global warming. We have that in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, if you have check engine light go off, uh, you need to get in and have your engine checked. But the worst thing is you have it checked and you're like, gee, I don't have any money to have this fixed. (laughs) Well, don't worry. It's not a lot. It's only $800. Just unplug the light. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, (laughs) that's what you do. Just can you take out the fuse for the check engine light thing? Can you do that? You don't have the money to fix it. You don't have warranty. Do you have car shield? If you have car shield, most likely that's covered. Car shield is a way for you to be covered for all of the repairs uh, that will come up. And some of them will cost you thousands of dollars. You can't afford a $500 bill. $500 comes up. I mean, what that changes, that changes the dynamics of everything in your life. Visit carshield.com or call 800-CAR-5000. Sorry, CAR-6000. 800-CAR-6000. I think it's about time to get my glasses uh, changed. carshield.com or call 800-CAR-6000. Use the promo code back and you're going to save 10%. If your car doesn't have coverage and it has, I don't know, 5,000 to 150,000 miles on it, get the coverage you need. 800 car 6000 promo code beck at carshield.com Dr. Susan Crockford is a zoologist uh she has um uh, been working on the history of arctic animals uh she is a uh, um uh, polar bear biologist, uh, I believe. Is that right, Susan? Are you a polar bear biologist as well? Well, I'm 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 really a, a general biologist, and okay. I've got a but I've got a special interest in polar bears for sure. Okay. First of all, when did you develop this special interest in polar bear? When 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 in your life did you go? I want to study polar bears. Well, it was really probably twenty years ago. I was really interested in the evolution of polar bears. And you know, like, what? It, where did they come from? And and how how did uh, how did they actually come to be as a separate species? And so, since that time, 
I've been um, looking at the literature on polar bears and, you know, reading it all and examining it in detail. Okay, so that's how I got here. All right. So the the catastrophic global warming stuff, they have been telling us for years we're killing all of the polar bears because the uh, the ice caps are melting. And you point out that uh, the ice caps have melted to 2050 levels in the summer. And yet the bears don't seem to be decreasing. Exactly. And that was and that was really what the the whole hype was about around the turn of of this century, like around the year 2000. um, You had polar bears really elevated to this icon of global warming. And they were, you know, the epitome of what um, humans were um, doing wrong in destroying the planet and all of that. And then in 2008, when polar bears were listed um, in the U.S. as uh, being threatened with extinction, um, in fact, by 2007, the summer ice levels had already dropped to the levels that they had predicted wouldn't happen until the middle of the century. Now, the middle of the century was when they said that two-thirds of all the bears we're going to disappear because of the lack of ice. And in fact, since 2007, although there's been a little bit of up and down, that those levels, summer sea ice levels have stayed at that um, mid-century level ever since, and yet polar bear numbers have actually increased. And to the point to where, I mean, polar bears, people don't realize polar bears are nasty animals. They will eat you. <laughs> Exactly. And and we saw this just uh, last summer where there were two fatal attacks within two months um, in Canada on western Hudson Bay. And um, it really has um, residents of the Arctic um, very nervous about um, the potential for what um, a really thriving population of polar bears really means for people who actually have to live and work there year round. So this is this is an amazing thing because, it, you know, it's it's like the people who go big game hunting and, you know, you, you they'll take a picture with a lion and everybody will be all up in arms about the lion, except for the people in the community. They're like, no, lions eat us. And yeah. We need to keep their population under control. Um, it's not that it's not that these people. Uh, hate polar bears or want to wipe out all polar bears they just need control of the population because they are they're everywhere they're around the garbage dump they're around uh you know uh stores or any place where there's lots of garbage or food correct exactly however what what you have to remember is that these the two attacks that happened last summer actually occurred away from communities and mm. there were no attractants involved. Those, though, both of those attacks were purely predatory attacks, where the bears came after those people with the intent to eat them. Okay, so now, again, the global warming people say this is only happening because their, you know, their food source that they have always had, you know, whatever, um, is is just dying and and they can't have the food source so they're just starving to death and they have to go down into these communities and forage 
Is that the truth yeah. or is it lazy? Well, bears? that's what they say, of course. But, you know, that's um, what they're doing is um, sort of citing uh, a generalized trend of, of what they think they see overall. But when you look at the specifics of these incidents, what you find is the, the, the one attack actually occurred when the bears were just off the ice. In fact, the, the, it was a party of three hunters who had, um, they had, they were on a boat and they had to go to shore because they had engine trouble. So they were just waiting, um, to fix their boat and the ice moved in and trapped them. Wow. Amazing. One of them got, they were just having morning tea (laughs) and this bear came in and attacked them and they couldn't be rescued. They sat there protecting the body of their friend as more and more bears came in attracted to all the carnage um, until they could be rescued because there was so much ice. Mm. Now, so that incident cannot be blamed on lack of sea ice. Um, now, Susan, I've been following the, you know, the polar bear thing for a while. Um, my understanding of it from the media is it used to be that polar bears would basically only sit at the bottom of hills with their children and drink Coca-Cola <laughs> and and then do polar bears first let's clear this up <laughs> yeah. do polar bears share their coke with b- cubs and other animals up up in the north well you know they sometimes share their seals so i, right. I okay. if they had <laughs> okay. coke they would share yeah. right okay maybe, All right, they, maybe they need seal flavored coke that would right. be right. something well, they well you know what would happen is that they wouldn't have straws now oh that's true you are my favorite zoologist <laughs> uh, but the, I, we do hear a lot of uh, claims about how the sea ice is melting and these poor polar bears are uh, forced to wade into the water and try to swim and find land, and then they just die out in the middle of the ocean searching for a place to stop swimming. How how accurate are those claims? Well, one of the things that's happened is that it's kind of an ironic um, repercussion of all of this um, concern about the polar bear's future is that all of the money that's been poured into polar bear research has, has actually... Um, taught us a lot about what polar bears can and can't do when there's less sea ice. And one of the things that they've learned is that polar bears deal with open water much better than anyone expected. Hmm. And that, in fact, you know, they can, they can take less sea ice in summer in their stride. It's not really an issue. It really is amazing because all the claims, I mean, this goes mainly back, I think, to, at least in the public eye, to Al Gore's movie, where, you know, he had animation of polar bears dying. And, I mean, when you say that back in the 60s and 70s, it was between, what, five and 10,000 polar bears on Earth. And now we're looking at... I would say between five and 15. So I picked 10 as an average, okay? Okay, 10,000. And then what is the number actually today? Well, when I I look at the... um, all of the information that we've got, all the recent surveys, and apply those to areas that we don't have information for, the number comes to 39,000. 39, I mean... So, four, how, four times. How can they be talking about this this uh, creature going extinct when we're talking about a quadrupling of the number of them? I mean, it just makes no sense to the average no, person. Absolutely. Does it make sense to you? Well, no, it doesn't. And one of the things that I discovered and the thing that I talk about in my book is that... Um, 
back in 2006, 2007, when the polar bear experts of the world were sitting down and trying to figure out what would happen to the bears if the sea ice dropped to, you know, the levels that we've got today, um, they had really no information about how the bears would cope with less sea ice because it had, hadn't happened yet. So they were guessing. You know, they were using their their knowledge about what polar bears did and what they had seen so far and made a guess about what would happen. And it turned out they were wrong. Our, our, so what our, they had done was sold to the public as facts their guesses. Theory. Mm. Um, wow. are, are polar bears just northern animals or can you find them in the South Pole too? No. No, they're strictly northern animals because, in fact, you don't get, um, they come from, they evolved from brown bears. And so brown bears are also a northern hemisphere animal. And, and why are they? You started with, I wanted to know why they were a unique species, why they, why they came uh, and how they got there and, you know, how they. Well, from all, from, well, from all we can um, figure out that it really um, would have come down to the ice ages, the response of brown bears. Mm to the ice expanding during ice ages. And um, there were brown bears, for example, in Ireland. Mm. So if you had ice coming down and covering England and Ireland, what you're doing is reducing the amount of habitat left for the brown bears Mm -hmm. there to exist. Mm -hmm. And you've got sea ice developing offshore where there is seals because there has been seals for millions of years longer than there's been bears so there's food out there so it's an alternative habitat for brown bears to use during an ice age last question is there a time is there a number or a time when you say okay there's that's like we're at record setting numbers of bears polar bears or they need do we need to thin the herd or anything like that is there a is there a number that... How many polar bears are too many polar bears? Yes. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I don't think I can answer that question. But, you know, there's, um, it's, it's, going, it's already a problem for communities in the Arctic. And um, Churchill in Manitoba is sort of um, offered as, as the perfect way of how you deal with large numbers of polar bears coming in in the fall. And this is how you deal with the increased danger. But... That takes a lot of money, and most of the communities, you know, little isolated communities, hamlets in Greenland and up in northern Canada, they don't have that kind of money. And um, so those are the people who are going to have to decide how mm-hmm. much is too, how many mm-hmm. is too much. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Susan. I really appreciate it. Susan Crockford, um, she is uh, she can be found online at polarbearscience.com. Uh, she is the author of a book called The Polar Bear Catastrophe That Never Happened. Susan, thank you. God bless. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about Relief Factor. If you're in constant pain, um, I can relate to you. Um, and I want you to know you're not alone. I want you to know that there is a way. To get out of pain. I know what you're talking about. You're talking about the new mask that users wear over their eyes for 15 minutes that shoots uh, uh, light and um, audio into your head. 
and that makes all your pain go away. That's what you're talking. That's the that's the solution. Uh, you think that's the right way to go? No, 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 no. But that does sound interesting. You don't want uh, electric pulses set through your skin into your brain to, to make you feel better. I mean, we could we could try it with you. I mean, like, uh, well, why don't I'll we try with plug. you? Let me get a plug and an extension yeah. cord, and I'll just I'm just going to spray the wire a little bit, and we'll <laughs> stick it in your ear and see what happens. Right, and I'm going to put your I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to put fish bowls around your feet full of water. <laughs> oh, okay, but anyway, uh, um, uh, it is uh, it's a little easier than that. It is. Uh, relief factor i want you to i want you to go or call relief factor and try this for three weeks it costs you twenty dollars if you're in pain just call this number 800-583-84 ask for the quick start that is three weeks you take it for three weeks you take it at breakfast lunch and dinner if it doesn't work stop taking it you will be out 20 bucks but i will tell you 70 percent of the people who do it 70% go on to order more and more because they found dramatic relief. Please just try it. Getting rid of your pain, it's worth trying. I got rid of mine. Relieffactor.com. Relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I have a hard time staying awake today. I was up late. I was past my bedtime. Yeah, 7.30, you said, huh? Yeah. That's really late. It was, it was 3 in the afternoon. I was having <laughs> dinner, and I'm like, oh, it's going to be a late, crazy night tonight. Huh? I, I wish Denny's would at least warn yeah. you when I, it gets past 4 p.m. So you know. I was on, I was on uh, Hannity uh, last night, mm-hmm. and... Um, it was uh, so. It was late for me. Yes, very late. So I was here at the uh, here at the studios, and we we talked about the um, this this socialist cult uh, that really we're in. We are we are really witnessing uh, a political cult. If you disagree with them, they destroy you, and uh, it is a dangerous death cult. Here's here's audio of uh, Beto, and and I want you to listen to what he's saying. He's asking about nine month old babies being aborted. Listen, are you for or against third trimester abortions? So the the question is about abortion and reproductive rights, and and my answer to you is that that should be a decision that the woman makes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That was actually me adding that last part. <laughs> right. That wasn't. No, that no. wasn't in there. Uh, I wish you were in the audience. Yeah. It would have been fantastic. <laughs> it's uh, it, it's amazing to me. We're talking about nine month old children. And in the clip that leads up to that, the woman who asked the question in, a, in an extended way explains exactly what she's talking about. She's not just talking about first or second trimester. She says third trimester, which you heard, but she also explained the entire process. We're talking about babies that could be born, that they could do a C-section on and just remove the baby. There's no effect, negative effect at all for the mother. She, she gives all the disclaimers and says, do you still support third, uh, third trimester abortion? And the answer is, well, I think women should make choice. Like this, like that's a, a real intellectual high point I think women make choice. Well, how about this? How about when they're nine years old? Do women still make the choice? Why not? If it's just about choice, well, we have another body. We have another person, and their choice is involved here. Their choices, their life is important in this choice you're well, making. Dads, I mean, I would like the choice if if 
if the child is riding piggyback on my back, <laughs> daddy gets to make the choice. Yeah, there you right. go. Uh, honey, you don't have anything to say about it. I'm taking him outside and I'm killing him. <laughs> He's on my shoulders. It's my choice what to do. I love that. Like they act as if ch- this choice thing is it just, you know, derails all other arguments. Well, why does choice go away? after they're born do you know uh, how unfortunately frustrated- I, know, I hate to tempt fate here because they seem to be arguing that as well do you know how frustrated if hitler is still alive in argentina is, in argentina mm-hmm. he is really old and decrepit and he's like wait a minute at a vegan eatery he's, <laughs> he's working just a, just a second here you mean i could have killed them all if i just called it planned parenthood I mean, that's really... I mean, the ideological basis for Planned Parenthood was eugenics. I mean, it was very closely tied into that movement. They inspired. They inspired the Germans. And really, what is the difference? He was killing babies that were undesirable. They're now talking about killing babies that are undesirable because there's a problem after birth. It's the same thing. You did the same. You did a monologue on television. I think it was last week about euthanasia and how far that's gone in some of these countries. These enlightened European countries. Well, was it? Uh, was it? Was it? The percentage was, was it Denmark or Norway. One of those yeah. countries is like a quarter of all uh, yeah. deaths. A third, a third. A third of all deaths last year were euthanasia. One third. I don't know. Does that sound bad to you? And they're getting to the point now to where it doesn't matter what you say. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if you know if you're just kind of a little bit off your rocker, you know, or if you're depressed. You don't need more than one doctor. Even the Germans, the German, the Nazis had three doctors sign off on it. <laughs> We're now reducing everything to one doctor. We're, we're becoming worse than the Nazis. Gee, who said that about seven years ago? You're listening to Glenn Beck. All right. While Social Security numbers sell for a buck on the dark web, full medical work records can command about $1,000 because they have everything in them. I mean, your, your health care provider, are, are they guarding your records? Because a survey last year found that just 16% have a fully functional cybersecurity program in place. So if somebody hacks into your doctors, it's not just yours. Imagine the thousands and thousands of dollars that they can get for your medical records. Cyber criminals are always looking for easy ways. Actually, it's, I mean, if they would just apply their skills to good as opposed to evil. Um, it's not really that easy, but it's it's they're they're taking your information, and the only ones that are standing really against it and can catch those things that you might miss is LifeLock. Get ten percent off your first year right now by using promo code Beck at one eight hundred LifeLock or LifeLock.com promo code Beck. We have a another gaffe from Joe Biden uh, coming up, uh, and much much more in just a moment on the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Um, this, as we have really totalitarianism headed our way, and there is no um, better way to describe that. Um, it's it's not just socialism. It's it's totalitarianism, or I think better is the 
uh, utopia of certainty, this uh, instrumentarian kind of totalitarianism that is coming. Instrumentarianism is uh, is the development of total certainty. And I think the more I study AI, the more I realize that is what their goal is, is total certainty. And we are going to have, uh, you know, we have a lot of ethical questions that we need to answer that I don't think any of us are even thinking about. And that is, for instance, Minority Report. We all thought Minority Report was crazy. We wouldn't want to live in Minority Report. But that's what that is. It was total certainty. The precogs, the women in the milk bath, they never got it wrong. Well, you don't need the women in the milk bath anymore. What we have now is a society of total predictability. And let me give you a real-world example. Amazon is going to go from a shopping app to a shipping app. Now, what do I mean by this? They believe that when they can predict anywhere from 93% certain to 95% certain, they can now become a shipping company. Because they, won't, they don't need you to do shopping. They will be able to predict what you're looking for, what you're thinking about, what you want, what you desire, and they will ship it to you, and you have to return it. Okay? So it'll be free returns, but it won't work for them if they can't have close to certainty. So this is instrumentarianism, where they are, they are looking to predict everyone at all times and they shape and control when you get to that position to where you have that much information now it's really easy to nudge the entire society one way or another you just shift the weight of google one way and it changes things and they know that and the government wants to be involved and we did a podcast this last weekend, um, and I thought it was I thought it was really interesting. Um, uh, he was an he was a real optimist, and I haven't run into a real optimist uh, in a very very long time. Did you hear the podcast this weekend, Stu? Yeah, uh, Ryan Carana. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that's what I like about the podcast. Sometimes there are issues you care about and that the audience cares about, but also they don't always agree with you. Yes. So it's you have that sort of open. It's the way you learn time frame to be able to just go back and forth and kind of challenge each other. Right. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty interesting. Uh, can we play a couple clips here, real quick? Sure. Um, we have uh, you talking about uh, the optimism versus the pessimism uh, when it comes to which camp is Ryan in. I would say I'm in neither camp. I think both of those are far-flung possibilities. And if we look at technological advance throughout history, it's always been that as soon as a new technology comes out, it causes mass panic. It causes a lot of crisis. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the most famous examples would be the printing press. Mm -hmm. 
As soon as the printing press comes out, you completely change the way society functions. 30 years of war and chaos, and Europe has to completely reorganize the very conception of how it works. After that, you have a lot more prosperity. What technologies do is they challenge existing orders, and it doesn't inevitably lead to prosperity, and it doesn't inevitably lead to chaos. But people have an incentive that while that change is occurring to try to figure out how to best manage it, how to best utilize them, how to adapt to the new world they create. And then you find this equilibrium where things are slightly better or much better or slightly worse, and that's manageable. So, uh, okay, all right. Uh, Well, you're still against the printing press as far as I understand. Yeah, yeah, right, right. I mean, I agree with him uh, on this. Uh, however, he takes on a, a few other topics, uh, for instance, AI and AGI, and says that it, he doesn't believe it's ever going to happen. Yeah, that was I, I haven't heard that that it's not going to happen a lot. I think some people believe it's going to be mostly positive results, but he, he didn't really didn't even think that it was going to happen at yeah, least not in the short term. I mean, he, he he didn't think that we would also get into transhumanism. We're already into transhumanism. Hmm. You know, he's a really he's very well read. He is he has studied this. He knows it. He and he is he is warning of people, uh, the same kind of people that I am, that just go blindly into this and haven't really thought things through. Uh, But he is uh, I mean, he's just a real optimist on these things are not going to happen. Did he say where he wanted transhumanists to go to the bathroom? Like, which one do they go in? That, no, I, that's the, something we need tra- to get into. We, I, well, I don't even know what the little symbol looks like <laughs> that as a transhumanist. Uh, he also talked about uh, technology and unemployment. Listen. Yes, retraining is hard for people over 50. And this is what's happened in almost every industrial revolution we've had thus far. Um, we remember the re- industrial revolution as being, we have all these new technologies, the world is much more productive, we're all happier. It was uh, misery for a lot of the people living through it who had to uproot themselves from rural communities and pack into unsanitary urban centers. It took time for us to learn how to develop the institutions and the kind of governance needed to make sure that this is better than it was before, that this opportunity was taken advantage of. And we're going through a similar upheaval right now. And the people that are most affected by the kinds of um, automation occurring are usually older people who have been at one company for their entire life who've learned something very specialized Mm -hmm. and applicable to that company. Mm -hmm. When that job disappears, they don't really know how to apply those skills to something different. Correct. And number two are young people just entering the workforce. Mm -hmm. A lot of them do routine work. Routine work Mm -hmm. is easier to automate. Mm -hmm. Those jobs aren't as common. Mm -hmm. And I think this pretty well parallels the two types of... um, people who are most frustrated with the current political scene Mm -hmm. young millennials looking for work and older people who've lost their classical jobs and so you're right we have to talk to them we have to figure out how do we address their concerns but the second point that you brought up is silicon valley doesn't talk to 90 percent of the country but they're going to get their way anyways i don't agree that that's the case and the reason why that's not the case is most of these technologies um If you look at the cool advancements happening in in artificial intelligence right now, they're not being filtered into the real world at all. Mm. They're they're fancy lab experiments. And the reason why is most people have no idea how to use them. They don't know how to put them into their businesses. They don't know how to reorganize their their factories to Mm. to leverage these improvements. 
And unless the Silicon Valley talks to the other 90%, these technologies will be for them. And you'll have a couple of people be really rich off of them. They don't really make that wide of an impact, though. I, I, I so strongly disagree with you look at Google, but I want you to hear both sides of the argument. And he is he's probably one of the best to be able to make the other case. And he's very optimistic and very smart and uh, and and really well worth your time. It's our free podcast. It comes out on Saturdays. This was last week. So you can listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Just just look for the Glenn Beck podcast. Uh, and make sure you subscribe, review, and rate. This weekend, I have one of the most incredible stories I've ever heard. Th- this is a guy who um, was really deeply screwed up as a kid, was hearing voices and everything else. And uh, the voices told him, go to the Golden Gate Bridge and kill yourself. And he didn't want to. And he was hoping someone, he was praying, actually, that someone would stop him. And they didn't. And he thought he had to kill himself. And he goes over the rail. And as soon as he let go, he realized, what have I done? And he prayed, God, save me. The miracle of this guy and what happened to him is incredible how he was sale how he was saved when we tie it up all at the end it's an absolute miracle and if you know anybody who is depressed or has any kind of mental illness this is a podcast that is a must if you are just somebody that's really into miracles this podcast is a must this weekend it comes out on saturday it's wherever you get your uh uh podcasts at glenbeck.com you can find links there to itunes and everywhere else it's the glenbeck podcast all right let me tell you about uh, goldline our sponsor you know security for you and your family doesn't happen you just you have to take action for it to happen what happens if there is uh you know an emergency or we need to barter or buy uh you know food or fuel or water and the atms are down What do you do? Goldline has just released their 2019 version of the legal tender bar. It contains 10 individual, one-tenth of an ounce, 99.99% pure gold bullion. It's a legal tender, and it's a legal tender bar. It's secure in a new credit card size barter case. It slides open, so like chiclets, except they're little teeny gold bars. It'll slide out, and you can use it to barter. It's one-tenth of an ounce. It's, it's uh, the right size to be able to be able to get you out of any kind of situation, uh, and, and you won't have to break it down into other pieces, and everyone will accept it because it was made by the Canadian Mint, and it's all marked. It is, it's an amazing thing. It's a small little thing about the size of a credit card, comes a little in a little case that you can put there in your wallet or your purse. It's made to carry around. So in case you do have a problem and the world melts down, you have something. Goldline, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Ask them about their legal tender bar. It's goldline.com or call them right now. They're waiting for your call. Just don't buy anything. Just call and ask for all the information and do your own homework. 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com.
Yeah. Uh, on Twitter. What? You're trending in the USA right now. Glenn oh, Beck boy. is trending. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's always a good sign. Yeah, no. uh, This I one, do? though, it says, uh, it's a story from Newsweek, I guess, that says, Glenn Beck says socialism means the end of the country as we know it. Yeah. I feel pretty confident in that uh, yeah, analysis. That, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm fine with that part mm-hmm. of it. It does say, however, Glenn Beck trending with Colonel Sanders, <laughs> which... Now, what is that... So, like, people, people are associating, are... when they're typing Glenn Beck, the other thing they're typing is Colonel Sanders. I can't imagine why. I can't imagine I it either. I cannot imagine why. I mean, maybe they have eyes? <laughs> I, that's the only thing You I know what? With. Next time, if I'm on Hannity again, I think I'll wear the Colonel Sanders outfit. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good no, idea. Just have, just have the big bucket of chicken and just be talking to him about socialism. You know what they don't have? What? They don't have, in Venezuela, Kentucky Fried Chicken. They don't have that. No. Yeah, you know what they don't have in Cuba? Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> they don't even have the extra crispy or the original recipe. Sir, all your points seem to be based around KFC. Right. Yes. Oh, okay. You know what the USSR didn't have? <laughs> the big bucket of mashed potatoes and gravy, which was delicious. Do they still have that thing? I liked when KFC went down the road of, like, you know what? People are, they just want to eat the fried chicken. Let's just make that the bun. Remember when they did that? They were like, "What?" They just had the bun of the sandwich were two chicken patties. You held it by the chicken patties with no bun. The bun was the chicken, and then in the middle they just jammed some like cheese and bacon and sauce. And so oh, you just I don't eating. remember those days. Those are oh, good days. It's called the double down. That's what it was called. The double down. Wow, that's innovation. That's you know capitalism. that's when you know the thing I didn't like about KFC is stop being afraid of saying fried. Right. It's fried. You're a fried chicken place. Mm-hmm. Ain't no hiding. You know that at least there's at least ten percent of the country out there is like, you know what? I I thought it was too unhealthy when it was fried, but now that it's just, I'm fine. <laughs> now this KFC. In. I don't know what it is. I have no, <laughs> I have idea, no idea what it is. I have no idea it's at like, all. It's, it's, it's like you know, you're going into McDonald's. I want the clown just to go. Yeah, we're bad for you. Half of our stuff is melted plastic. Yeah, but. Damn, don't you want it? Jam it down your gullet today. <laughs> I love that approach. I do too. Well, Just go for it. I mean, we've got we're going to get probably at least 40% of this country that's going to vote for somebody like Beto or Bernie Sanders or uh Elizabeth Warren. I mean, you're telling me that the KFC thing doesn't work to fool people into being Seriously, healthy? I have <laughs> I think it does. Are you telling me can, can, I've never seen any man card that needed to be revoked more than Beto's. Oh, well. When he, Beto said, when he said, yeah, you know, I'm on the road working and my wife is at home. She's really raising the kids really without me. What the hell is wrong with that? She's, he's trying to give her credit. To, right. for she's doing a lot of Which the tough she work. she most likely deserves. Sure. And then he comes out and he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't have my pantyhose on right, and oh, I should wear a dress, and I'm so sorry, and I didn't notice that that was really bad, but I'm never going to say that again. That was such a weird apology. What are you apologizing oh, for? Oh, my gosh. Being a, being a, 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 a beta male mm. is not, he's, that- he is nowhere <laughs> near uh, an alpha male. No way. No way. And that's coming from you. Yes, who's currently trending as Colonel mean. Sanders. That's what I mean. Yeah. Isn't there? Isn't the, there's never been a better case than a man's uh, a man card being taken from him than that particular thing. 
Just hang your head in shame. I don't even think eating a double down sandwich gets your man card no. back after that. You no. almost have to put chicken the cr- in the middle of a chicken sandwich with the two buns or chicken. We and the chicken down. has to be live. Right? It has to be just two chickens, feathers and all. I'm eating it anyway. That's what it needs to be. That coming from Colonel Sanders. Who knows what's good for chickens and what's bad for America is socialism. You're listening to Glenn Beck.